Online communities are everywhere you go. How can you make them work for you as a leader and as a member? That's the conversation we're diving into today. Welcome to Business Mindset Mastery, my friends. I'm your host, Heather Gray. I'm a mindset and leadership expert. I work with business owners, leaders, and entrepreneurs over at heathergrayconsulting.com. And this episode comes to you from two different directions. Um, I recently got a letter in my inbox asking me about my life after closing my Facebook group. And then I read a really dynamic, interesting, gorgeous blog post by a um, business coach. Uh, Her name is Lisa Fabrega. I will put a link into her discussion that she started in the show notes, but it was all about the state of online communities. And I have been noticing over the past year, particularly I would say for like Q4 of 2018 and Q1 of 2019, that the state of online communities is rapidly changing. When I joined the online business space as a new online business owner. I had transitioned from my brick and mortar business. I was moving into the online business space and I met a lot of people instantly through free Facebook groups, through a paid membership that I was a member of, through other groups that I consulted on offering mindset support and leadership consultation. And there was an amazing opportunity in those groups to build a network, to build a community and connections with like minded people. And at some point, I don't know how many years ago at this point, I decided I wanted to jump into the fray as a leader. And I started my own Facebook group. At that time, it was sort of maybe it was like that everybody was running a Facebook group where I caught it right on the cusp of, you know, the Facebook group explosion, but it was easy. Everybody was doing it and it was the thing. But Clearly, in the past six months, the way we connect online, we've moved away from this idea that we're peers and we've become prospects to everybody we meet. You cannot follow somebody new on Instagram without being directly messaged by somebody's VA, somebody's team member to say, hey, welcome to our Instagram account. What are you looking for? How can I help you? Where does it hurt? And, you know, we talk all the time about relationship building and nurturing your audience and really building genuine connections with people. But it doesn't work when everybody's using the same old time transparent sales process of disingenuous relationship building and disingenuous connecting and relating and getting to know us as people before they like kind of, you know, everybody's using the example of like trying to take you to the bedroom before they bought you a drink kind of thing. That's the way it seems in the online space. And as you've heard me talk about on the show, it's really caused me to pull back from social media to find other places to make my business and my name and my message more visible to people because getting trying to make a difference in such a noisy crowded crowded space where people are just constantly talking bullshit like it just makes me want to take my toys and say I don't want to play anymore I'm gonna go and build my own playground 
And, you know, somebody reached out to me. So I want to first jump into her letter. And then I want to use my answer to her letter to also talk a little bit about Lisa's article. So she wrote to me, Heather, I miss your Facebook group. While I still rarely miss an episode of your podcast, I miss the back and forth connection that I got to have with you in the group about various episodes. Do you think you'll ever run a group again? I'm also wondering what insights and lessons you've learned since closing the group. Are you glad you did it? What's your biggest takeaway? Connected to this question and um, from the listener was Lisa's article where Lisa made these connections around the state of online communities where people are sort of like trained robots to consume free content from people to put their ideas out there. And you know what? I probably you've heard me call the Pat Flynn (laughs) syndrome, right? Where everybody just gives their best stuff away for free in the hopes that their audience will know, like, and trust them. And in her article, she is challenging the idea of online community leadership and online community members by really talking about engaging on a different level. It's interesting to me because I got this listener letter in my inbox right on the same day that I had read Lisa's blog post, which of course, you know, in my land, that means it's going to become an immediate podcast episode. So when I was thinking about how I wanted to respond to my group member, Lisa's point of view was fresh in mind. And so, you know, what I want to say to the listener here is that, you know, the thing I miss about the Facebook group is the immediate engagement is the idea that if I'm not quite sure about something, if I said something on a podcast and I'm not sure I hit the right note, if I was trying to communicate a message, I could easily go to my Facebook group, which never really topped more than 350. And I think we closed it out at like less than 300 after I did like a group cleanse. Um, you know, I could get that immediate interaction. If people liked what I had to say, I got the immediate attention. I got the good old fashioned like button. My content might be, you know, might have been shared more regularly. There was more rapid engagement. And for a business owner, I can't say that word without saying ego, (laughs) because a lot of that engagement is a vanity metric, right? A lot of that engagement is this idea of like, oh, people really like me. Oh, I laid down a truth bomb and people really liked what I had to say. Oh, I really inspired people. Go me. And by the end of my time as a leader in the Facebook group um, sort of industry, not industry, but you know what I'm talking about, like the the strategy, I guess. Um, What I realized is somewhere along the way, really close to the beginning. So this isn't something that gradually happened over time. I think I started uh, it from a bad place. I really abandoned a lot of what I clinically believe about groups. And for me, group work, and I was a group leader on a clinical level. I ran support groups for LBGTQ um, uh, teenagers who were in the process of coming out or in the process of self-discovery and self-identity. Um, I ran and uh, support groups for women leaving abusive relationships, substance abuse groups, teenage um, substance abuse groups. Like I covered the gamut of group work that I've done, including trauma work. 
And a lot of what I did and believed and ran and upheld as a clinical group leader was that the group members are responsible for the health of the group. That if you show up, you have to show up for the group. You don't get to just sit and not talk. You don't get to like sort of benefit from other people's vulnerability. You have to show up. You have to ask questions. You have to participate. Otherwise, there's no need for you to be there because the group is the treatment. And if you're not engaging in the group, you're not engaging in the treatment intervention and you are best served elsewhere. That's the core of what I believe as a clinical group leader. And that is the antithesis of what I was trained to as a Facebook group leader. Not that I was, I'd ever like purchased or invested in training, but I, you know, was listening to my mentors. I was listening to my leaders and they were saying, you know, this is what to do. And I'm a good, loyal foot soldier. So I went and did those things. But what it ended up being is making it so that I was the sole responsible person for the health and the welfare of the group. I was the one leading the conversation. I was the one who had to validate every single comment that came through with a like and an acknowledgement. And that's not the way I do business. That's not the way I work with people. That's not what I actually believe moves the needle in the lives for people personally or in their businesses. So for me, when I was closing the group and I made that decision, I was like, thank God I can go back to me. Now, as I think about this and as I talk to you and I, I, you know, know, I miss chatting with you in the group too. And I, I miss our interactions. And I, I know you did, um, you know, work really hard in the group to participate and to kind of keep the conversation going. And I so appreciate you for that. But if I were to ever run a group differently, I would start differently from the beginning. But you know, the other part of this in the transparent part is the elephant in the room is groups are largely used, not just to build community. They're largely used to build audience. And audience isn't community. <laughs> audience is the group of people who will know, like, and trust you, so you'll want to buy from you. And what I ultimately decided is that's not the way I want to market my business. That there's so many coaches coaching coaches to that mentality. There's so many influencers who are telling you that Facebook groups and online communities are where it's at. It hasn't worked for me. I, as a business owner, don't have buy-in into that, not just because the conversion rate on my group was low, but because I don't, I, I don't think as a business owner that that's the way I want to do business, that the way I want to do business is for people to own that they have a problem, that they need help, and they ask for it. Because as a therapist, when I ran my brick and mortar, I never did as much work for my clients to get them in the door as all of a sudden I'm expected to do in the online business space. So as a per, again, if I go to my clinical roots, if I go to what really motivates people, for me, you know, my clinical perspective and my clinical training is I can't do that much work to get somebody in the door. That yes, there's marketing my business, but for me, that's marketing my message. For me, that's marketing my style, my creating visibility opportunities for people to find me, to learn about me, to ask questions. You know, I have this Q&A show where people are allowed to, you know, sort of write in any question that they might be struggling it with, get a sense of my style. But if I am also 
bringing you into the group and I'm also saying, so what are you struggling with right now? And where does it hurt? And how can I help? I've crossed the line. I've stopped letting my group members sort of have autonomy for themselves and own where they are in their life, own that they're struggling and own the moment when they decide to ask for my help and accept my help. So because of that, Unless I'm able to think of some radical new way of moving through the world as an online group owner, I don't see myself going back to that because it doesn't fit me. And what I, you know, and that's not to say that I don't see myself as a leader. I absolutely see myself as a leader. I just don't see myself in a place where I'm going to offer an online support group. And I think that that's where a lot of the online, especially the free groups, I think that there's more, um, you know, there's more leeway, there's more freedom and more creativity available in paid memberships because as a group leader, I should be reimbursed for those extra steps and it shouldn't come with the territory of a free group. Um, and then, you know, when I, when I really thought about that, that is where I landed. That group, um, online group communities, they really work for some people. Um, and they really, those online communities like the leaders up, like the members up and magic happens. I think one of the reasons why my group never really got even to 500 people is I think it didn't light me up. I don't think I had buy-in because again, I was constantly battling my, my clinical back and forthness. That doesn't mean I don't like miss talking to people and it doesn't miss that I, doesn't mean I don't miss those conversations. But at the end of the day, as a business owner, I had to look at it and make a decision accordingly. Now, Lisa's um, perspective, and again, I'm going to link to her article in the show notes. She really called out both sides of the fence, the leaders and the members to really step up on what engagement looks like, on what participation looks like, and what authenticity means. Because we can't just keep treating one another as prospects. And we as members, we can't just keep, you know, consuming people's free content and never saying thank you. That as a member, even if you are quote unquote a lead, you have a responsibility to the group member to say thank you for showing up. I appreciate what you had to say. Thank you for this. But so often what ends up happening is the only commentary that group leaders hear are the negatives, the haters, the, oh, you gave me this email and it doesn't give me enough information or you offered this and I, you know, I could have found this on a free YouTube video or, you know, something like that. And the story that Lisa shares was far more personal where one of her mentors and one of the people she followed um, discontinued her social media account because all of the comments were so harsh. And then Lisa had some reflecting to do on how much she like sort of boosted the online leader herself, recognized the online leader and said, thank you. And I think that that's a con conversation that people need to have with themselves if you are going to continue to run a group um, in an online community or if you're going to continue to be an online group member. And I think that's true regardless if it's a free group or a paid membership. Now, I think 
you know, for you as members, the thing that you're going to have to do is look critically at how many groups you're a member of and look at what your ROI is. Because I think because these groups are free, people don't pay attention to their how many free groups they're in, how many, you know, different communities they follow, how many different influencers on Instagram are they stopping what they're doing and watching every single Instagram story, which is the same thing as group membership. You know, that idea, like, I think that people need to pay attention to, as members, the ROI that they're getting from somebody's group. How does following this person move the needle in your business? And if this person is engaging with you and offering things that you feel valuable and that they contribute to your ROI, this mentor and thought leader or whoever it is you're following should absolutely hear from you that their work is valuable. And not just in an emoji and not just in a hashtag, but in a genuine connection. You know, one of the things that I just did the other day as an example is every time I'm on LinkedIn, there's this woman, um, Lisa Barry, I think is her name. Um, she's a content strategist and she is the first face I see every freaking day on LinkedIn because she's so consistent with content. And so I messaged her and in the message, I said, I have to be honest with you. I'm not in the market um, for content strategy. I <laughs> I don't really have a hard time coming up with content ideas, um, but I just need to thank you um, for showing up so consistently, for always offering value and for putting yourself out there so regularly. Um, I just wanted you to know that someone noticed. Now, I told her right away because, again, I don't want to be a prospect. I want it to be a peer, but just to reach out and say thank you. And I think that that kind of membership sort of reflection is really important for you to think for yourself, like if I'm giving time to this, if this person is worth my ROI because I am going to get something back, are you letting the leader know? Are you sharing their content? Are you addressing it directly with the leader? Are you using your content, their content, linking to their content, giving them a hand up because they've helped you up? Like what is the critical sort of move you are making? to actively support your, you know, the person you're following. And I, I think it's worth the examination. And if you are giving people time, if you're watching every Instagram story, if you're a member of all these groups and you're lurking and you're not actively participating, I would ask that you do an examination of what the value is. Because are you just distracting yourself from an actual problem on your mind? Are you avoiding something that needs to be handled? And are you, you know, owning the fact that time is your like most valuable resource and it's the commodity that no matter what you do you're going to run out of so I think it's worth paying attention to how you talk to other members how you interact and that level of engagement cannot be multiplied so you have to be careful with what you select and you can't say yes to everybody and I think we're in an age right now where people are saying yes to everybody because they want to say yes to all the prospects rather than to create good genuine relationships and connectedness with people that actually will move the needle in your business and help you get from where you are to where you want to be. And likewise, I think group owners and leaders have a responsibility to think about how they're treating people. Um, because, you know, they can follow all the strategy they want in the world. But when somebody comes into your house, um, and the first thing you do is say, hey, I'm having a yard sale on Saturday. Is 
there anything else you is there anything here you might think you'd like like that's not that's not the way um you want to do business or you know and that you know might be like hashtag polarizing but like think about like what you're doing and how you're treating people because you know it's interesting i've done two sort of um uh, i i'm not really a business coach but every once in a while people kind of pick my brain for business and people were saying like oh the engagement's gone off the engagement's gone off and i just sort of said like i don't like let's not look at engagement let's look at how you're relating let's look at the quality of the interactions let's look at how you're talking to these people because if you're always using marketing speech if you're always using sales speak and you're not moving through the world as you are then people are going to pick up on that and i think that as an online leader like yes you have to be choosing groups because they're a form of strategy they're a lead generation tool for you they're bringing new people into your business but you also want to think about how you're treating people and i think both sides of the fence have to have this conversation with themselves. And my sort of worry and fear is that this is only going to get worse. Um, I don't like, I kind of see this whole group thing is just going to implode because it's not a warm, friendly, nice environment to be in. You're either getting pitched to kingdom come all the time and people are doing these thinly veiled, like, let me offer help by telling you all the ways I'm off awesome or you have lurkers who are just taking and taking and taking and not offering like there's just there's not a lot of room in that environment for healthy growth and healthy discussion so as with anything the online business space will reinvent itself accordingly um do I think I have a role in that, in a place in that? I sometimes do, actually. I have looked at, like, if I were to do this, how would I do it differently? That's a conversation I'm having with myself. But it's not an active conversation. Um, it's not a Q2 goal or even a Q3 goal. Maybe it's something I think about for Q4. So, um you know, it's it's where I'm at in the business, and this is where I want all of you to think about. And then the last piece to this, um, I think, is kind of critical. Um, you know, people were asking me about the Facebook group and how, like, it kind of, um, you know, simmered out and all of that. Is I think that the other piece to it is that we have to look at as consumers the value of free content, but also as business owners, the value of offering so much free content. Because the lasting impression of the Facebook group was really like, wow, I, I did a lot for free. <laughs> um, and somebody convinced me that it was a strategy. And for me, that's not really, you know, that's not really my value. That is why you see at the end of every um, show note for every podcast episode, a link to, um, so, you know, to sponsor the show, because I've made a choice for the, for the time being, in all honesty, this is something I might shift my mind on at some point, um, to not have ads in the show. I've been approached a couple of times and and I've decided that for right now, it doesn't make sense to have ads because the people that are pitching uh, content for ads aren't really relevant to business mindset. Um, and it would, I think, distract from the conversation. But if you're grateful that there's no ad content and you're grateful to have daily mindset, um, you know, tips, guidance and direction in your um, podcast app every single day, then I would invite you to sponsor the show um, through a financial contri contribution. And you can always find that link at the bottom of show notes, because I think that's the other way that as a member of a community, 
community as a, um, you know, somebody who's consuming content, if there's a Patreon link, if there's any kind of like, you know, link to buy a quick upsell for $5.99 or whatever, you throw the content creator a couple of bucks and, you know, money talks regardless. <laughs> and I got to be honest with you, more, way more than a like button. So it's the idea that like, are we supporting the people who are teaching us, leading us, directing us and guiding us? Um, who are we as members? Who are we as business owners? I don't think that it's a straight line. I think that we all have work to do on self-examination, looking at the ROI for ourselves on both sides of the fence, but also looking at what we really want to create and are we being the change we want to see. It is a tricky, sticky conversation. So thanks so much for letting me have it with you guys today. I don't think that this is the end of the conversation. I, in fact, you might get one next week. I have um, a whole episode that I outlined on um, uh, prospects to peers and peers to prospects, that idea that you know, I've been talking about on the show today. Um, I don't know if it would be too repetitive to what I said uh, today. So I'm going to sit on it. You might get it in your earballs uh, coming up in a future episode. But for right now, I think I've left you in a really good place. Thank you so much for joining me. And I look forward to talking to you next time. Bye for now.